I'll be reading Psalm 46 in its entirety. God is our refuge and strength, a very ready help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth shakes and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake and its swelling pride. There is a river whose streams make the city of God happy, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her with morning dawns. The nations made an uproar, the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice, the earth quaked. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come, behold the works, behold the works of the Lord who has inflicted horrific events on the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Stop striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. May God bless the reading of his. Good morning, Crossbridge. Uh, recently, I decided to start reading a book called The Writer's Journey. It's a book by Christopher Vogler, and it's about the theory of story structure and character development. And, and I noticed that in, in one of the one of the sections of the book, he describes that in, in most, in almost every great story, the main character, the hero, has to go through something he calls the ordeal. And that's where the, the, the hero faces their greatest challenge yet. And so they're either defeated or they even die, and they need to experience rebirth to overcome. And so as they're in their defeat, they have to turn inward to find a greater source of, of strength or determination or maybe a different facet of their character to be able to overcome. You know, I watch a lot of anime, and, and this, is, this is where the hero faces an insurmountable obstacle, and then they turn inwards, find a determination, and then anime training montage, right? And so when, the, when, when these kind of stories, when these situations, the ordeal is done well, it, it's powerful and it resonates with us, right? Because, because they're, they're looking inwards into themselves and saying, there is a strength, there's a determination, there is a willpower in me that will allow me to overcome this situation. And it's powerful because we want to believe that about ourselves, that if we're faced with adversity, that we can look within ourselves to be able to find and summon enough strength, summon enough willpower, summon or look in ourselves and, and discover a new facet of ourselves to be able to overcome and, and, and be better and, and, and accomplish whatever task, or whatever goal that we've set, that we've set for ourselves. And that's why those, the ordeal is so powerful in movies and in literature, but, but we, I think we can all recognize that there are times where it feels like when we turn within that we're not enough. That sometimes we, we, we're facing an ordeal, we're facing a situation in our lives, or maybe it's even ourselves where we, we try our best, but it's still not enough. And sometimes we recognize that the hindrance is ourselves, right? Like, like Paul says in Romans 7, 15, he says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do the thing that I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. 
So when you're in a situation where, you know, when, if you've turned within and you've looked at your own strength, you've looked at yourself and said, I'm not enough, the situation, everything around me is too big, then what do you do? Well, the, the sermon today, the message of God for you, the word of God for you today is, is simple. And I, I'll just remind you that God says, turn to me. Rather than looking in yourself for more willpower, for more self-reliance, God says, no, turn to me. Know these things about me and turn. So that's what we're going to be looking at today in this psalm, just being reminded that we can turn to God. So also, this is um, the last sermon that I get to preach um, where I'm going to be recording here in the studio. So uh, I wanted to uh, try to do something fun today, too. So um, I hope you will just join. Well, I guess you have no choice, but just hope you'll be with me on this journey here. Um, yeah, let's go. <laughs> God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, we will not fear. psalmist is, is painting a picture and it describes our internal and also external realities. When it says the mountains fall, the seas roar, it's the very foundations of the world starting to break, starting to fall apart. And, and actually, I, I think that's not too hard to imagine these days now. You know, with, with the extreme weather events that are going on and, and also with COVID, our, our entire worlds are falling apart. But I think it's also not too hard to imagine what it's like internally when we've come absolutely to the end of ourselves and we don't have strength and there's nowhere to go. And like we described before, how the book describes the ordeal, we're faced at a moment of breaking point where we don't have strength anymore. And so in that moment where we've come to the end of ourselves, where we've exhausted all of our strength, where do we go? Where do we turn to? And that's when the psalmist says, the Lord is our refuge. It says, he is our strength in times of trouble. Therefore, we don't need to fear. We can come to him. It says, the Lord is our strength. The Lord is our refuge. And that's actually why I'm standing here today. This is, this is a place called Fort Seawall. Seawall. And I want to tell you a little bit of a story about Fort Seawall. So, during the Revolutionary War in 1846, uh, soldiers from the USS Constitution came under fire from British officers. And so they fled because they were outnumbered. And so they ran to this place behind me, Fort Seawall. And when they came into the fort, they realized that there's no ammunition, there's no gunpowder, there's no way for them to fight. But when the British officers came and they saw the fort, they decided to retreat and withdraw because the fort was such a secure location for the soldiers to be in. 
That's when it says, the Lord is our shelter. The Lord is our strength. Later on, it says, the God of Jacob is our fortress. He's talking about this. God is the place that we can go to. When we feel like we're surrounded, when the world around us, whether the external world, the internal world is falling apart, God is the place where we can go to, where we can come and find our rest and find our peace. The turn isn't inwards towards ourselves to try to find a greater strength. The turn is to go towards God, who is our fortress, who is our shelter, who is our strength. When the world falls apart, when the oceans rage, when the mountains fall, God remains the same. So would you come before the Lord today? Would you find shelter in the fortress? There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy inhabitants of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Rivers played an important part in the development of cities. You know, ancient Israel was, is bisected by the Jordan River. One of the reasons Egypt was so prosperous was because of the Nile River. And it's not a mistake that Cambridge and Boston are separated by the Charles River. Because the river, especially the Charles River, is where people were transported, where goods were transported. It's where people would farm. You know, it, it's actually where people would hang out. The, the river was the center of life. It's where things happened. It's where people gathered. It was an ever-present reality in the midst of a city. And that's how the psalmist describes the Lord today in the psalm. The psalmist says this. He says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy inhabitants of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God is in our midst, just like a river through the city. That means no matter what circumstances we face externally, that His presence, His nearness is always there. Later on in the Psalms, it says, the kingdoms topple, the earth melt, and yet God's presence remains firm. It says, we, the city, we, the people of God, will not be shaken because he is in our midst. You know, for me, it's been about a month since I knew that I would be staying here for an additional two months. And, and, and time frame wise, two months honestly isn't that long a period of time, but something happened in me where I, I, I felt like my internal world just went in total disarray. Right? I was feeling this, this intense feeling of, of loneliness, but then also frustration with myself and, and feeling like all that I was doing here in, in, in CB and in life and with my family was all pointless and worthless and I was missing my daughters. and. I, I, I was in, in, in a place where I was in a mess. And honestly, I'm still working through that right now. 
One of the things that kept me up, kept me strong, was knowing that even in all of these doubts and frustrations and all of these things that I was wrestling with, that God was still with me, that He never left me, and that He won't leave me. And because He is like the river, He's ever-present in my life, I can turn to Him when I feel weak. But the truth is, like, there, there's a lot of other things that I, I honestly would rather, or not rather, but honestly that I, I, I do and struggle with and I turn to, right? One of the things that I do is, is I, I, just, I just work. To, to feel, to fill this feeling of frustration and emptiness and loneliness that I, that I have in my heart, I just do throw myself into more and more and more work. Just to try to fill that hole. Or, or, or another thing that I turn to is, is food, right? There's a lot of times where it's been 11.45 at night as I'm coming home from the office and I stop by McDonald's and I get a meal that I just don't need. I ate way too much food. I'm not even hungry. Why? It's because I, I turn to almost anything else to fill that feeling of frustration and loneliness. And, and the reason I tell you this is because it's a work in progress, right? That turning, that turning just doesn't happen at one time, but we, we slowly move to God, but then also all these other things that I turn to don't satisfy, only leave me feeling more frustrated, more empty, more lonely. But when I turn to the Lord, there is peace, that He guards me, He guards my heart, the city that I'm in, He guards me from the world melting, from the nations raging, that the presence of the Lord is good. So I would encourage you, church, today, would you turn to Him knowing that His presence is near, that He loves. What I might also add, too, is that also in the, in, in the psalm, you notice that every one of the, the first-person pronouns that is used here is plural. It says, we. God is our fortress. God is our strength. God is our deliverer. We shall not fear. And I think what that, what that, what that shows us too is that this isn't meant to be done alone, right? This turning, this turning, sometimes I can get it on my own, but other times I need help from other people. And I've gotten help from friends and, and they've been good. They've, they've pointed me to see God. They've pointed me to see how faithful He is and, and they've supported me when I've been weak. So church, this is also not something that we need to do alone, to turn to God. So let's do that together. Knowing that His presence is like the river, ever near, ever flowing, ever in our midst. That God is near to us and He doesn't leave us. So would you turn to Him today? Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. So be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know 
and I am God. In this psalm, this is the only thing that's commanded of us. This is the only imperative in the psalm. To be still and know that I am God. You know, this week as I, as I was preparing this sermon, I was trying to live this out, this, this idea of just being still, of finding rest in God. And so, so I, in, in the midst of all the busyness of the week, and I'm, I'm moving this week too, that I, I just tried to find moments to just, to just quiet, find a quiet place and come before the Lord. And, and every time I, I started to pause, I would take a deep breath and I, I would feel all the tension and the weight of all the responsibilities and the busyness that I had to do. It was overwhelming. And I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way. You know, I, I saw, the, I saw this, uh, this quote in the Boston Globe. It's, it's from a, a doctor named Susan Coven. She does internal medicine at Boston General, and she says this. In the past few years, I've, I've observed an epidemic of sorts. Patient after patient suffering from the same condition. The symptoms of this condition include fatigue, irritability, insomnia, anxiety, headaches, heartburn, bowel disturbances, back pain, and weight gain. There are no blood tests or x-ray diagnostic of this condition, and yet it's easy to recognize. The condition is excessive busyness. We're so busy doing things that it, it makes us sick. They're physical symptoms. And yet in the midst of all this busyness, God still says to us, be still. And now I know that, that a lot of the busyness that we face, it, it's, it's good things, right? It's, it's work. We're trying our best to provide for our families. Or, or maybe we feel you know, anxiety about the future or, or, or about all the little situation problems in our lives. And we're just trying to resolve and make the world and make our own lives and make our families into a better place. But God still says to us, be still. But what he doesn't say is be still and turn inward and try to find inner strength to face all these problems on your own. But he says, be still and know that I'm God. What are we supposed to know? Well, I think that's everything that we, that we, we were looking in the psalm today. It's, it's to be still and know that God is our strength, that he is our fortress, that when we turn to him, we won't be shaken. It's to, it's to be still and to know that God is like the river in the midst of the city, and that he's ever present among us, that he's with us all the time. But then it says, surrounding this verse, in verses eight and nine, it says to, to know that God brings peace to the world, that he, he breaks the bow, that he shatters the spear, he burns the chariot. Where there is war, God brings his peace. And it's not just externally, but internally as well, right? All the striving and that we, the anxiety that we have about the future. He brings peace. Maybe it's about your children. Maybe it's about a sin that you've been wrestling with and struggling with for a long time. He says he brings peace to all of those things. And maybe it is external things too, right? Maybe it's, it's, it's a co-worker relationship. Maybe it's with your boss. And God says, he brings peace. And so therefore, church, we can be still knowing that God brings his peace to where there's war, where there's conflict, where there's tension. He brings his peace. So would you be still, to, still before him today? 
And it says, be still knowing that in verse 10. That all the nations will turn to him in praise. That the, the, to the earth, to the ends of the earth, will turn to him and praise him. Doesn't that remind you of, of, of Revelations where it says, every tribe, every nation, every tongue will recognize and come before the throne room and worship the Father. Right? It says one day that God will reign over all, that all the world will acknowledge him. But you know, it's not just for some day in the future, but that's also happened now. When Jesus died and he rose again, he defeated death. He defeated sin. But what he also did is he inaugurated, he brought in the kingdom in our midst now. God reigns now. So when it says every nation, every tongue, every tribe, all the earth will glorify him, that's God's reign. That's his dominion, not just in the future, but now. So therefore, we can be still. We can find our rest. We can find our peace now. The command for us is to be still and know Know these things about God. Know that he is our refuge, that he's in our midst, that he brings our peace, that he reigns. So church today, would you be still? In verse 1, it says, in times of trouble. And boy, do we feel that. We know that if, 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 if we're not in a place where we feel like it's a time of trouble now, we feel like there's going to be a time of trouble in the future. So it says, when times of trouble, what ought we to do? It says, be still and know. First, that God is our strength, that he is our refuge, that when we rest in him, when we find our shelter in him, we won't be moved. In times of trouble, we can be still and know that like a river through a city, that God is in our midst and his presence will be with us always. In times of trouble, we can be still and know that God brings peace to all the conflict, to our wars within ourselves and the wars outside. And in times of trouble, we can know that God reigns today and tomorrow and forevermore. So church, be still and not turn inward to try to find your own source of strength or be still and the turn is towards God. So church, would you do that today? Would you be still? You know, I don't know where you're at right now. You might be in the valleys. You might be in a place where it's low and you're hurting. And, and, and some of you actually might be in a place where you're okay. But could we all just take some time to just rest, to quiet our hearts, separate ourselves from the busyness and the anxieties and stress of the world and come to the Lord and to be still before him. Could we just take a minute before we go into our response song to just be still.